Hello and welcome to Formula Punk. This is the show where we talk about Formula One and cover new allegations levied against all 10 F1 teams for indecent carbon fiber exposure. I'm your host, Matt. Let's get into the news. We start this week's show fresh off the 2024 car launches for all 10 teams. Uh, the story is basically carbon fiber everywhere. Uh, it sort of became a trend with the new regulations in 2022 uh, and sort of gotten to this point where now most of the teams show a color and carbon fiber the rest of the car. Um, it's no mystery that paint adds weight to the car. Uh, and a lot of these cars, the focus is reducing weight wherever they can, making things as small as possible, and that extends to paint as well. There's a history of this way back uh, for the Mercedes Formula One team forever ago, where that's where they get their name, the Silver Arrows. They showed up to race weekend uh, in their German white paint. Um, the cars were too heavy, and so the team leader, which I don't remember his name now, tells the team to strip the car of all the paint. They do it, they race it bare metal, silver metal, um, they make weight and they, they win. And that's how they get their name, the Silver Arrows. Last year, Mercedes took the same route, removed all of their silver paint now to expose the carbon fiber underneath, the black carbon fiber underneath. And that is now the, the theme of all F1 liveries this year. It's carbon fiber everywhere, um, which is kind of boring. Most uh, teams, you know, like liveries are kind of a fun thing. Um, every team, has, they're loaded up with sponsors. They're loaded up with the team colors. It's nice to see while they're on track, you can kind of differentiate uh, one car from the other. And it's harder and harder to do when they're all black. Um, some highlights, though. Um, I think the new Visa Cash App RB Formula One team, uh, formerly... formerly AlphaTauri, formerly Toro Rosso, they've gone with this blue and white um, livery. It looks really good. I think the blue is a little close to the Williams blue, um, but I think the white really pops on, on and, the, and particularly the Visa logo on the side of the car really pops. Now it looks good, uh, and I think that's that's going to be something that um, that's going to really stand out on track, especially this year because they are, they're going to be pulling a little closer and closer to their sister team Red Bull, um, and hopefully, well. I think for them, hopefully, taking some concepts from their aerodynamic package um, into this year. So that's, that should be pretty interesting. Another highlight, of course, is uh, Mercedes. Mercedes uh, 2022 went with silver. 2023 went with black. 2024, silver and black. Uh, the car is primarily black, but the nose, um, sort of the wing area, is painted silver with a stripe of red for some reason. Uh, I think that's part of their, like, Ineos uh, Grenadier... Uh, partnership or sponsorship uh, they've always had a little bit of red on the car um there's some more to say about that later but uh yeah a lot of the cars look the same as last year ferrari I think the lord um is in red there's some exposed carbon fiber but they are red they've taken some yellow and white pinstriping it's great for their drivers because their drivers colors are red and yellow and red and white um but it also comes from their uh, WEC, the 499P livery, uh, which was a championship-winning car last year, 
Um, so it's nice to have some sort of like some sort of family resemblance with the with the team across different racing championships. Pretty neat. Red Bull, of course, is kind of stuck into the same look and feel as their car has always had. This is the RB20. Um, this is going to be a, a car that's got a lot to live up to. The RB19 won all but one race last year. Um, and uh, it shows the other cars uh, from the other nine teams look a lot like the Red Bull. Uh, sort of knew this was going to happen. Oh, this is our third year with these new regulations. Uh, these teams desperately try to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And when one car is running away with a championship, that works. And every car is going to start to look like that car. Um, even Mercedes, particularly Mercedes, uh, you know, had started with this their zero pod concept in 2022 that infamously did not work um, very well. They sort of remixed it for last year a little bit in the W14. Um, and then halfway through last year, tacked on some side pods and some new um, front suspension pa- front suspension pieces uh, to try to make the car a little bit better. And it worked a little bit. They had some better results at the end of the year. Um, but this year, I think Toto's gone as far as to say like 95% of his car is different. Uh, his car looks completely different than the previous two cars. Um, there's some interesting concepts that have, uh, have stayed. Um, and I think... The crazier thing, the crazier mix-up is as all these cars try to catch up to the RB19 from last year and try to make up uh, seconds on the racetrack, Red Bull's gone a different direction. Uh, if you look at all the car, if you look at the RB19 from last year, it had the side pods, the intake had a underbite configuration where the bottom of the intake extended forward and the top was sort of shallow uh, to kind of funnel more air below the car um, on, on, each, on each side. All of the cars, nine out of the 10 liveries have gone to that sort of model. Everyone, Ferrari has done this. McLaren has sort of started doing this last year. Uh, Mercedes is very similar, except not, not totally. Aston Martin has been like that for a little while. Um, Visa Cash App RB is, is now that. Uh, <laughs> Red Bull has gone the opposite way for 2020. So it's that classic thing of skate to where the puck is going and not where it's been, our Red Bull has to keep up with the trend. And in a lot of ways, weirdly enough, they've, so they've gone the opposite. So I mentioned the underbite design for the side pods. They're really cagey about the photos. We'll see more when they start testing and actually showing the, the real cars that will be on track. Um, it has an overbite. The top of a side pod extends further out and the bottom is shallow or potentially vertical, like completely redesigned. Which is funny because that is closer to that infamous Mercedes concept from the last two years. So you're going to see in the news and on YouTube and, and all of the Formula One media, oh, you know, hey, are they going to get the side pods to, uh, zero side pods to work? Is, is you know, uh, Mercedes, they, they, had, they were on the right track and Red Bull's going to be really slow this year. Who knows? It's going to be bad. Zero zero pods are coming for Red Bull, and Mercedes is going to finally catch up, and Ferrari, whatever. Nothing, kind of disregard all that. Nothing really matters until we get out onto the track, until you get out into preseason testing, and ultimately when you get at Bahrain in two weeks. Um, the, the lesson 
here comes from two years ago, the first year of the new regulations, 2022. Sorry, there's a dog driving by and my dog is reacting to it. That's Pablo. He'll be on the podcast soon enough. Um, two years ago, Mercedes had uh, side pods on the car during testing or in the first day of testing. And then all of a sudden showed up the second day of testing. Totally new concept. They like made, they tried to like juke everybody, like make everyone think they're going this way. And then after the first day of testing, boom, we got this new concept. And everyone was like, oh yeah, these zero pods, watch out, man. No one, you can't like, these are going to be so fast. I think George Russell, he's even, <laughs> he's even in Drive to Survive, you hear him. That thing looks fucking fast, man. Um, that's my best George Russell. The, and it, it, what, what happened, right? Like not only was that car not great, that was not even the story coming out of season uh, 2022 testing. The story coming out of 2022 testing was porpoising. The aero effects were new on the cars again, and the cars were bottoming out, and drivers were, like, bouncing down straightaways. And that was the story. And so, yeah, Mercedes' concept wasn't working, but the real story was, oh, man, we all messed up ground effects. Except for Red Bull who was already on to their championship-winning car, the RB18, the first one. Uh, well, not first winning one, but the first of this new regulation. And that is why, I, you know, you, you, you get excited about the car launches. Everything looks really cool. You don't really know if these are the final cars that are going to show up on track in Bahrain, never mind season testing. You don't really know, like, oh, is this crazy concept going to work? Hey, did everyone figure out the side pods that are like Red Bulls? Um, but was that even the secret for Red Bull? Maybe the floor was the secret to Red Bull's success. So, a lot of excitement. You're going to read a ton about everything. You're going to get hyped up. I'm hyped up. I'm really excited about this new season and all the stuff that's been coming out. But you have to kind of keep a, a level head about what's, what's out now, what's available. The cars have not been on track yet. And I know they're doing shakedown testing. They do a lap or two. They sound really fast. Some people see a video with a drone flying by and think, oh my God, these things are really loud. What's going on here? What's happening? Nothing. Nothing's happening. They're just driving around Silverstone for a lap or two as they're allowed to, or Marinello as they're allowed to. And then they're going to go back to the garages and go, okay, great. The car turns on. The, the wheels turn. Uh, the brakes work. and They don't catch on fire. McLaren. Um, and they're going to come. They're going to show up to Bahrain with a program. And that program is we're going to do uh, long runs on full loads of gasoline. We're going to do short runs on no gasoline. We're going to, you know, we're going to try all these things out. You may see that some teams screw it up. Some teams get it right out of the gate. Aston Martin last year, Aston Martin did really well during testing. A lot of things worked out for them. They had a really good testing, got into Bahrain, and the hype was around Fernando Alonso and his Aston Martin. And it was true. They killed it. But as the season progressed... All these other teams caught up, and Aston Martin was kind of left wondering, well, how come we didn't keep going? All the teams caught up to us. And I think that is the concern I have for Red Bull this year. A lot of stuff going on at Red Bull um, right now with Christian Horner and allegations. Um, I think it was for uh, misrepresentation behavior. There's still a lot to come out with it. Um, exactly what is being investigated, um, what the potential outcomes could be, that sort of stuff. Um, it's really important for teams to kind of get a lot of that stuff right because they want to, they need to set the right tone. They take these things seriously and it's really important, but 
everyone's got a chip on their shoulder for Red Bull. They've got a championship driver, um, the, uh, a multi-championship winning designer with Adrian Newey. Uh, Checo Perez is, is not, he's not a champion, but he's very good. Um, and everyone's kind of coming for that concept, for that, for that thing. Hey, we're going we're gonna to be, we're coming after Red Bull. McLaren got close last year. Mercedes even got close last year. Ferrari won a race last year. And it's going to be kind of make or break for Red Bull this year. I'm going to save my predictions for after preseason testing, but before the first race. Um, I think this could be really make or break for Red Bull this year. They've got a lot going for them. They've got a lot of work and everything working against them. Um, and so I think it's we're going to see. Did they jump the shark? Did they go too far uh, with their concept? Or, or did they get it right? Did they find the next evolution uh, to the fastest car on track last year? Um, I think it's going to be really interesting. And it's going to be really validating for those engineers at Mercedes who are not there anymore, who for the last two years are working on this concept, pushing and pushing and trying to get it to work and having to deal with, with Lewis and George and Toto and on the radio saying, oh, this car is terrible, it's the worst, we can't drive it. And hey, they may have had it right. They just may not have had the timing. And that's Formula One. And that's the car liveries. A couple of colors, mostly carbon fiber, and uh, some wacky names. Okay, next on our list for this episode, Lewis Hamilton has signed with Scuderia Ferrari for the 2025 season. Whoa. I've only been watching Formula One for a couple of years, um, but so you know I have my perspective. But Lewis has been at Mercedes for quite a long time. Uh, before that, he was at McLaren, and he's won plenty of championships with Mercedes. He's won six championships with Mercedes. They've won the the constructors' championship eight times together. Um, so there is a lot uh, of history with Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes. Even back to 2020 during the Black Lives Matter movement and the We Races One uh, initiative from from Formula One with Mercedes changing the car livery at Lewis's request. Talking about liveries today. Um, There's so much history with Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes. Even when Lewis Hamilton was at McLaren, that McLaren team was a McLaren-Mercedes. It was was a partnership back then. Um, It's crazy. It it, it was uh, sort of out of the blue news, I think. I woke up that morning and a friend texted me saying, hey, you're going to buy Ferrari gear this year. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I will. Um, I like Lewis Hamilton. I like what he does on the racetrack. He's an excellent driver. He's a champion. Um, I love what he does off the track with Mission 44. Uh, His his, um, Extreme E E team um, and, and some of the stuff he does for like driver development. Um, he's a really good guy, I think. I don't, I don't know him, obviously. But um, this is huge news, especially for Ferrari as a team. Um, there's always the chance that Lewis saw the W15 and said, nope, I'm out of here. This is going to be bad, just like the last couple of years. So I'm going to a team that cares about me. Um, that's totally possible. It's also totally possible that Lewis said, that Ferrari came to Lewis and said, hey, uh, we've got a bunch of money. Can you please drive for us, please? Yeah, that they're they're millionaires. They this is you know a big part of what they do. Um, is getting paid. Um, so regardless of the internal politics involved with with Lewis going to Ferrari, I think th- it's going to leave this year feeling really weird for these two teams. Lewis, I'm sure, and Toto Wolff 
I'm sure, wants another Lewis Mercedes championship before it's over. Um, and that, that would be, that would, one, break the record, break um, Michael Schumacher's record, um, which is tied right now for Lewis Hamilton to be an eight-time driver's champion. Uh, to do it, want to do it at Mercedes would be huge for for Toto and for Mercedes as an organization, um, and I'm sure Lewis wants it, but it's going to be really hard to to not be distracted by like, hey, what's going on at Ferrari? Hey, they're developing next year's car now. You know, what when when can I go to those meetings and like be impactful there, but not work with my current team? Um, you know, that that sort of thing, that sort of organizational stuff of like developing a car getting a driver used to a car while still being at your current team. And then there's also the Carlos Sainz side of the, the equation. Carlos Sainz is currently a driver for Ferrari. He did not extend his contract in lieu of Lewis joining the team. So what does Carlos Sainz do now? He doesn't have a drive now for 2025. He was, uh, according to interviews, he was hoping to get a contract re-signed at Ferrari to continue working there, to, to continue through... Um, until the new regulations in 2026. But for now, like, it's a huge bummer. People, Ferrari has a lot of, a lot, a lot of problems with strategy, with um, uh, pit stop performance, um, with, like, operations stuff, uh, culture. They've got a, a long history, and, I, and sometimes I think that, that gets ahead of, ahead of them. They get ahead of themselves that way, but... It's going to be a lot for, for Carlos this year. Is you know The questions are there. Is he going to listen to team orders this year? Is he going to let Charles Leclerc through when there's a chance for Carlos to do something? You know, Last year, maybe he was a little more amenable to it. He, he let people go because he's playing for the team. Carlos is out for himself this year. He's, he doesn't have a team next year. What's he going to do? Me personally, my take on this is that he, he's going to be a real team player this year. This year is going to be a huge interview for his next team whether that's Audi in the future or Mercedes in the future or some other team they're going to be looking to him this year and saying look when when the cards were down how did you behave as a driver were were you a leader were you um you know able to to create some moments on the track that pushed you ahead pushed you in the team ahead that type of stuff and I think that's where I hope that's where Carlos's head is right now. That hey, there's a bigger picture here. Like hey, you're not going to drive for Ferrari next year, but there could be a new team coming in um, with Audi in a couple of years, uh, and that could be an opportunity for you. Um, and there's also a number of teams that are that are around, um, and we'll, we'll be looking for drivers in the future. I think every every driver this year I think has a contract ending at the end of this year, except for some exceptions. Carl, uh, Lewis being the big one. Um, the third component of this is, is Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc is Ferrari's number one driver right now, but he didn't win a race last year. Um, he, his contract has now been extended. I, I think it's a multi-year extension, but I don't think they've said the, the time, the amount of time. Um, but now he's going to have Lewis Hamilton joining his team, which I know, Carlo, uh, I know Charles Leclerc has said that this is really great. He's really excited about this, but... Charles Leclerc is going to have a hard time being the number one driver with Lewis Hamilton, seven-time world champion, on his side. So is this year, is this the year that Charles really pushes to try to get a a driver's championship before Lewis comes in? Because Lewis is going to want to win a championship at Ferrari. That's why they do this. 
and obviously get paid, but win a championship as well. So is that going to be, is this Charles like chance to really push and get through and, and make that happen? We'll see. I think it's going to be an interesting year for the three of them. I think next year is going to be really interesting for Ferrari and Mercedes. Mercedes' success is built on Lewis. And who are they going to get to, to replace Lewis? Who are they going to get to partner with George? Um, yeah, there's some names that, are, that they keep kicking around. There's some new people that are coming up in F2 and F3 that, that I think have their interest. There's some people that are currently on the grid that have their interest. And, and they're, they get to pick one. They get to pick one driver, and I think uh, I think they'll have. I think that answer will come soon. Um, I don't know about before the season starts. It's only a week before testing, but I th- I think they're going to want to get ahead uh, and pick a driver early on um, to kind of show that they've got their their stuff together and they've got a plan for next year. That's my thought. Again, for teasing next week after preseason testing, which is next weekend, I will. Do uh, next weekend's episode, we'll do predictions for the 2024 season, including driver's market for next year. Okay, moving on to our final topic for episode one, and that is the 2024 season preview. This year is pretty exciting. I- I've been watching Formula One now for a couple of years uh, after watching Drive to Survive much like you probably are um, in a similar boat. You've been watching for a couple of years. Uh, so this is, you know, it's been a, a pretty crazy off season, um, a short one, the shortest one that I've experienced so far. Um, but coming into this new year, got the new liveries, a couple new team names, um, some driver mix-ups and, uh, and, and some new cars. I, I think it's going to be a really fun year. Um, we've had these current regulations for two years. Teams have learned a lot from Red Bull. Uh, these teams want to win, and they all have Red Bull in their sights, like I mentioned. Lewis, I'm sure, wants to win one more at Mercedes. Charles, I'm sure, wants to win one before Lewis becomes number one at Ferrari. Lando Norris and McLaren want to win races. Oscar Piastri won a sprint race last year. The story at McLaren it was their resurgence. They were really down and out at the beginning of 2023 and had a huge, huge end of the year last year, uh, including uh, double podiums um, at a couple races, I think, and uh, Oscar Piastri winning a sprint race last year in his rookie year. So they're, they're, they're really wanting to continue this momentum into 2024. Um, I think it shows they're really confident in their livery. They announced a, a car launch date and then they just dropped their livery a couple weeks beforehand. Um, they've signed, I know Landon Norris and Oscar Piastri both signed uh, like multi-year contracts, so they're, they're like they're in it for the long haul a bit, um, and so they, they want to win. They want to win races again. So does Aston Martin. Aston Martin had a really big year at the beginning of the year and fell off towards the end, but they know they can do it uh, with the, with Fernando Alonso. Um, and so, that, like these teams really want to push hard this year, I think. Uh, be, and because we're hitting that three years with the new regulations, we're halfway through uh, these current regulations. They're they're up in twenty twenty six and twenty twenty six. We're going to have new regulations again, um, new engine regulations, new uh, aerodynamic regulations. Um, and so that's another opportunity to really mix things up uh, in the future. And I think these teams really want to make the most out of this current era that we're in. 
I think what's really going to be interesting is the mid and rear of the grid. Uh, a lot of these lower, uh, it's hard to say lower performing teams, but like the second, the Formula One and a half uh, teams uh, that represent the mid and rear of the grid. Um, that could be really mixed up this year. I think there's some a lot of there's a lot of energy at Williams this year. You got James Bowles has been at the team for his, going on his second year now. He's talked a lot a lot about the operational changes that he's made uh, with the team. And so I think there's there's a lot of like momentum there. Alphatari was really down and out last year, so you may see them with again Daniel and Yuki are signed uh, are are racing there this year. There was you know last year we had Nick DeVries get kicked out halfway through the season. Daniel Ricciardo came back and then immediately broke his wrist, and and Liam Lawson had some success there. So there, I think they're hoping this year they've got two strong drivers. Yuki is is a good driver, um, and Daniel is Daniel's one of my favorite drivers of all time, and. And so these people are, these two guys and the whole team um, at Visa Cash App RB Formula One team, um, I think they're looking to really make some strides this year. I think Daniel Ricciardo said he'll be happy with fifth. I don't know if I'm paraphrasing, but I know he doesn't think uh, it's going to be a winning team right right out the gate, but he thinks it, it has a better chance of, of uh, making, some, making some decent numbers uh, right at the jump at the beginning of the year, which is nice. Quick aside on the name, Visa Cash App RB Formula One team. A lot of people hate the name. I think that's this is just a consequence of business uh, in Formula One. Um, let's not forget that the RB and in, in these and this and Red Bull, it's Red Bull. It's an energy drink company. It's so it's all marketing all the time. Uh, you have plenty of other teams that do this. The MoneyGram Haas F1 team, the. Um, Stake F1 team, Stake F1, Sauber F1 team, whatever whatever they're calling themselves this year. I don't, I don't even think that name's going to stick all year because of gambling rules. Um, this is this is the Oracle Red Bull uh, Formula One team. The last year was the Cognizant Aston Martin Aramco Formula One team. Like these are all companies that pay a lot of money to put their names on there. And yeah, it's weird to say Visa Cash App RB team. I I haven't seen once. No one's mentioned it, that maybe it's the Arby's team. Uh, they're, they're, they're Arby's. They're a bunch of, uh, meat sandwiches. I don't know. Um, so that's fun. And, uh, and some more stuff that's going on this year. Uh, operationally, big changes to the F1 sprint weekend schedule. They've remixed the schedule. Uh, we're going to go more into this in another episode, but they've remixed the schedule for the weekend, um, which leaves the cars, which prevents the cars from being locked in Park Ferme that, that like no touch, no touching zone uh, for, uh, during the F1 weekend where the car, teams can't touch the team. T- teams can't touch the car uh, and work on things. So that is uh, largely based on driver and team feedback, and I think it, that may be interesting. I think even Pierre Gasly, who has been like the hardest um, sprint weekend critic, uh, said that doesn't sound so bad. Um, that's a paraphrase as well. Uh, so that, that's going to be interesting this week. Um, uh, the race schedule itself. We have 24 races this year, including a return to China, which was supposed to happen last year. Um, and that's the that's the highest number of races they've ever had in a calendar year. This the schedule goes all the way from now until December. I think the second week of December. Um, and it's geographic, ge- like it's aligned geographically. So last year, the last year and in the past, they've jumped around a ton, and a lot of times it has to do with uh, seasonality and. And like hitting a couple countries at different times of the year, uh, and this year it's geographically based. So 
um, it's going to be less on the teams of having to jump around the country every around the globe every um, every weekend. Uh, they'll be able to take these shorter trips, so it should be should be uh, interesting. Like from an operations perspective, <laughs> our team's going to get this right. There's a lot involved with the traveling circus that is uh, Formula One. Um, and so now hopefully this will be a little bit simpler and a little bit better for the environment. This, this aligns with their zero emissions, 2030 goals. Um, so that should be interesting to see. We're going to have races at different times of the year. Um, see how that plays out, including some races at the beginning of the year that are actually on Saturdays. So the second race, uh, in Saudi Arabia and Jeddah, the second Grand Prix, um, that is actually going to be on a Saturday instead of a Sunday because it's Ramadan. And that has some upward-facing effects because, or upstream effects because you can't have less than seven days between a race, between a Grand Prix. So the week before, Bahrain is also on a Saturday. Uh, so that way there's the proper amount of time between the two races. So the first two races of the week, first two races of the year, and this is your reminder to set your calendars because I also have to set my calendars. I completely forgot that the first two races of the year are on Saturday this year, uh, much like Vegas was last year. So, yeah, uh, outside of new tracks, I don't believe there's any new tracks this year, but uh, other than China coming back, this will be my first time seeing a race in China, um, watching a race in China. Uh, so, yeah, it's a lot going on there as far as the schedule goes. Um, and I think the biggest uh, story that is sort of starting already with with the Lewis news um, is that, uh, as I mentioned, a lot of the drivers have their contracts ending this year, uh, their current contracts ending this year, and... That means that that you know this concept of silly season, this time of racers jumping from one team to another and making surprise announcements and and uh, you know um, announcing retirements, announcing new teams, new contracts, all this stuff. This silly season, it's going to be a silly year. You're gonna you're gonna like Lewis starting now. You're gonna be hearing this stuff all year. This is gonna be speculation, so get ready. As soon as two drivers seem to argue, uh oh, what's that gonna mean for? Pierre Gasly and Esteban Oka next year, who's going where, you're going to hear this all year round, um, which is nice. It's fun because it, it gives you that drama, um, but also just keep some perspective that, like, it's part of the show. <laughs> it's, it is, it's part of the show, the, the creating drama. You're going to hear the media. Who is not confident in the car this year? Is George Russell's really having a hard time in the, in the W15. Is he going to be around to see Lewis go? You know, you're going to, and, and of course, Checo is going to go, oh, Checo lost a race again. Is he going to be, are they going to send him off to some other racing series? Who knows? But that that's what you're going to hear all year long. Um, and frankly, that's why we watch, right? It's for racing. It's with the drama. Um, it's all-inclusive, Formula One. Uh yeah, that's that's uh, what's coming up for 2024. I'm excited. I know the show is new. This podcast is new. I'm recording it differently than I intended on recording it. Um, so I, I'm excited to hear feedback. If people like this, people don't. Uh, the plan to do the show is uh, once a week for right now. Uh, we're doing it as a podcast audio only form. Um, I've got a million and a half ideas on what else we can do uh, for the show. Um, but uh, for now, this is it. So I can keep my sanity and also keep my day job. Um, yeah, I'm excited. My name is Matt. This is Formula Punk. Um, stay tuned. We'll be back next week with some preseason results, reviews, and some predictions for 2024. See ya.
like this episode, consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts, and follow us on Instagram, at Formula Punk. Thanks.